It is rare. Welcome to Rare Encounter. Uh, I'm Abel Kirby, and this is Encounter Number Four. I'm Cold Acid, and yes, this is Encounter Number Four. And you were just telling me before you were hoping you can uh, keep your dinner down the whole show. Yeah, uh, first time I've barbecued in over two years, and beef should never be done well done. Yeah, fortunately. Yeah. So, well, at least it was still somewhat edible. Yeah, I mean, that's the, you know, the bad luck cow, you know, you think that you were a cow and, you know, you have a bad end, but then the worst one is that you get completely overcooked. I don't know, I, sometimes I think, you know, a chicken nugget might be pretty bad, too. If I was a chicken, I wouldn't want to be a chicken nugget of all the other things you could turn into. Like fried chicken or chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well. This uh, is a show that may be in need of a format. That's still up in the air. I think we haven't discussed that much. Yeah. The uh, I did have some questions everything for you. Everything and everything. Yeah. I did have some uh, a question for you, because I was listening to, uh, to Hog Story, and there's some, some business I didn't get a... Uh, I didn't understand what was going on. So, what's up with Grumpy Old Ben's? Is Ryan Bemrose is off the show? Oh, no. I don't think so. Everyone's talking about replacing Garen, him. Garen keeps, talk, Garen keeps talking about that, but uh, I think it's mostly just a joke. Ah, so it's just a running gag. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's, a, it's been running at least as long as Darren o oh, actually owning Hog Story. <laughs> well, it's a, I, I've got a small silo of podcasts that I listen to uh, record, and then a couple of them I'll listen to, you know, catch when they're on, if they're on the stream. But like I always say, listening to a podcast live is uh, a lot of responsibility, in my mind anyway. It's a lot more enjoyable, though, I think. Yeah. You think we should get Especially a chat? Especially when things go up. You, you think we should get a chat room for this show and, and try and do something live someday? Down the road, sure. Yeah. Might be fun. But then that's another thing to juggle, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I'm I, pretty sure Wolf After Bull records live now on the Hog Story stream. At least they did one episode like that. Is uh, is there a definitive list for uh, the Hog Story stream and the No Agenda stream somewhere? It says what shows are on when. I know there there used to be something like that. I saw a document once in a while that had a, uh, you know, this show on this time, and you know, some of them I just know because I like I know Nick the Rats on Wednesday nights. I know when No Agenda is. So no, like central. I don't think there's one for Hog Story Stream. We need a TV guide, TV guide podcast just to talk about when uh, it'll. That's the whole thing, you know, like the TV guide channel. It'll be a podcast that's just talking about when other, not about what what they actually are, uh, but just when they air, and it'll repeat every thirty minutes. There is a page on Gamo List that says uh, when yeah. shows being recorded. So we can just that might be the one you're thinking of. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the one I I could remember the name of the thing. It was Gitmo List. org. Yeah. Yeah. Verizon's been a bitch and a half this week. 
there is a power uh, cycle where we lost uh, lost power very uh, briefly, and everything went down and then it came back up. But the whole FiOS network's been screwed up in this area since. So you can do things like get really oh, uh, the the upload side's good, but the download always flakes out. And so you can I'm ending up doing things like on certain certain times. It's like, well, I actually have to tether to my phone instead of using the broadband they pay for. Just ridiculous. So I was up trying to on their website trying to fix it. And I was running through their uh, their stupid. Uh, Okay, we'll click this button to reset your uh, your router, and then you click the button. It says we can't find your router. Yeah, that's because I own my own router, and you can't log into it. So, you know, it's uh, but you have to click through all the steps and to uh, to get to the point where you can start resetting like the uh, the uh, optical network components on their end, which are obviously the ones that are broken. It's not nothing on my end. Well, I need a dude named Ben to save my ass. Because I can't deal with this now. I thought you were one. No, I was never a dude named Ben. Uh, I do uh, some programming. And I do some engineering type work. Uh, you know, radios and signals and things like that. Uh, a lot of, you know, microwave work. That's definitely sounding like dude named Ben work. Well, dude named Ben was, uh, I think he was specifically IT. And I don't do anything like that. So it's technical work, but... You know, I don't think it fits the description for dude named Ben. Okay. Well, well you were grilling uh, steaks. Did you have any time to grill any Peters? No. No, I skipped it this week, too. Uh, I think that just went right over my head. Oh, uh, Peter Grill. Oh! Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> up to date. The, uh, you're up to date, which was episode uh, four was... I can't remember which, uh, if I even watched the latest one or not now. The one where he rescues his girlfriend from that, like, tentacly thing. Oh, jeez. Well, that was two. Uh, Hexeros had a tentacle monster in it, too. And rescuing his girlfriend. <sighs> yeah, I'm liking, uh, I'm liking Peter Grill, though I haven't, really I haven't finished this episode. I, I kind of turned it on looked at it. I never actually watched it, but... It's uh, something I'm currently looking forward to of all the different things we're watching. It's like, okay, this is its absolutely ridiculous. But it's gone into NTR territory. Yeah. Just to warn you. <laughs> well, reverse NTR. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's fun. Uzaki-chan, did you catch any of that, too? Just to go through a round. Yep. Like, apparently, we have a round of these three shows that we talk about every time, so it's... Yeah, that was when they, uh, that was episode four where they're stuck in the, uh, I like this one, uh, where it's them just hanging out playing video games for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I need a girlfriend like that. <laughs> well, maybe not quite so annoying, but one who will spend a whole weekend playing video games with me. It was, uh, I was trying to put my finger on it, but it's, it was like a... <sighs> It's like something else. The, the The whole theme of this show now is... I don't know. How would you describe it? It's... Uh, you're just basically watching this this reluctant couple. Uh, well, maybe one half of it's more reluctant than the other. Just interact for 22 minutes. And that's the uh, the entire premise of the show. Literally one hanging out... Yeah. 
one half's reluctant and the other half is probably completely unaware. Yeah, you get those vibes. Like he's uh at, at, Yeah, at this point it's like she doesn't even realize the uh the effect that she's having on him apart from just annoying him. He might not even be aware of her own feelings yet. She's just being uh, too young, too silly. Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely digging it. It's, uh, you know, for a show with like no action in it, it's just comedy and two people talking to each other. Sometimes there's a third person, but that's a nice yep. break if you compare to you know other stuff that you might be able to watch where it's just nonstop. There's no, uh, there's no moment of reflection in anything that you're watching. It's just, it's, you know, turn on the TV and see the crap that's on. Uh, network TV is a is a good contrast to this. So Uzaki-chan is still still a winner in my book. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. And uh, last one was Hexeros. I was trying to think about how to how to explain the name for that, and uh, I, it's a bilingual pun. So in English it means heroes, but in Japanese it means horny perverts. I think is the is the uh, might be the way to explain it to someone who didn't get it. Probably a good way to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. It's, uh, how did you run across this one again? This it was just a. Those terrible puns. This was just a light novel. Oh, I found the manga originally. So I found the manga, uh, what a year or so ago and started reading it mm-hmm. and well when the show when the adaptation was uh starting to air i'm like okay i've been reading this <laughs> i'm gonna watch it and uh so far so good so it's the the premier way to even read manga these days i'll i'll start by saying i have uh every once in a while there'll be a series that i read and i'm kind of split between either finding some uh, fly-by-night website where you can kind of click through and you don't have to uh, to uh, do anything. You just kind of get, okay, here's a chapter, and you click through it, to uh, actually buying the physical copies. And, and I'm kind of more into, these days, trying to buy the physical copies of things if it's published in English. Um, but what's the, the premier way now? Is there a way to digitally, if you wanted to actually buy uh, the manga, can you buy you know the uh the images from uh from a web store or do you have to if you want to own it you actually still have to buy the books is that true uh so far uh what's it called uh there's a service that i do buy a couple of uh of light novels in digital format i'm trying to remember the name of it bookwalker that's it bookwalker bookwalker so yeah, there's Bookwalker and various other services out there that you can buy light novels and manga to read on your phone or the computer. Uh, usually you don't get access to the actual files themselves. You can only go through their app. Yeah. Well, that's the no... That's the thing that bugs me. Because I can't... I'm, I've become more anti-DRM um, as I've started trying to archive things I own or things I thought I owned and then found I I only actually had a license to use. So If you want to avoid DRM, then your only option is to buy physical copies. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the it's a similar problem with movies. Um I would love to buy the uh 
high quality version of a digital version of a movie and get an mp4 file or an mkv file or something like a drm free hey i bought it you know just like when you go to a web store and you buy mp3s or you buy you know lossless audio or something you can actually just get the file and it's there and i can go throw it in an archive keep it in my library and because i like to own a collection of recordings um, not just a license to listen to someone else's recordings there's certain things I do want to own, and I, I'd pay for them, but there's no way to do that. So your options are, well, I could find a DVD copy, which is low resolution by these today's standards, and rip it. Or I could try and find a Blu-ray release and then rip it, which is the same, but some, it's just more of a pain in the ass. Um, or you can pirate it, and that's about it. There's no other way to you know, go to, hey, I want to buy this particular movie I, I want to buy sniper it's a movie i like well there's no way to get a copy of it unless you either buy an old dvd and rip it or and they'll say oh it's on netflix or it's on amazon or whatever but after you've watched these services for a couple years you'll you'll if you pay attention you'll notice things that you like start they appear well guess what they can also disappear without notice and there's no guarantee you'll have access for it to it forever so it's a a pet peeve even, of mine. It's made even worse with uh, that's translated. With the what? I mean, I, I missed with wait. stuff that's translated from other languages. Oh yeah, yeah. Skype garbled you there for a second. Oh, like yeah. So what's good <clears throat> at first might get re-released with a different translation, and ah. they might spike in some political bullshit. Yeah, um, I'm looking at you, Funimation. <laughs> well, four kids was doing that. Um, Our you know, kids didn't even start with good translations. They were just pulling bullshit from day one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, what were the famous ones? The best ones were um, Pokemon, where they had uh, they yeah. replaced all the rice balls with sandwiches. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, uh, the Ace Attorney games. Yeah, hamburgers. Uh huh. I never played the Ace Attorney games. Richly, that was a blind spot for me. Oh well, it's a uh, it's a big thing that's joked about. Would they have uh... actually the official the official translations for the anime uh, went along with that as well? I found it very annoying watching uh, watching the official uh, translations of the show. Well, if we're talking about, uh... I mean, it was using the western the western character names and everything and. So you're you're reading like the translated the translated names from the games, and you're hearing the actual <laughs> Japanese names for the characters. It's like, what the fuck is this? And and you're not supposed to put two and two together and, and say, oh, I mean, I don't know enough Japanese to completely understand, but I can tell what people are, are basically saying, especially if they're talking about names and places of stuff I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was just really frustrating. Yeah. They had, um, I think they did that with an old Dragon Ball uh, movie where they had, like, the British dub of Dragon Ball. They completely changed, they, like, changed people. Like, Piccolo was Big Green, is what I remember from it. So they just... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> they had a bunch of... Uh, it was one movie, so there was the UK dub of some Dragon Ball movie, which they uh, they got the rights to dub it, but they... they uh, I suppose to 
protect their own interests or because they were afraid of litigation they they didn't use the uh translated character names that uh who was dubbing it at the time it was an adv i don't know who was dubbing dragon ball way back uh in the 90s i'm not sure was it four kids i don't know i mean i kind of want to look that up now i don't remember yeah you're gonna have to look that up but when we when we're talking about unfaithful translations i mean the Here's the big big one from back in the day was uh, uh, Robotech. Well, that. Where do you think we got the term Masek from? Because <laughs> Carl Masek is a, the Antichrist, or so so I've been told. Yeah, I don't know. Ver Verizon's not letting me do anything. I'm actually afraid to open up a browser window or something. I'm just gonna drop the Skype call. Things are so crappy. Yeah, there used to be people who walked around uh, anime conventions allegedly. Uh, with they they would have signs as Carl Masek is the devil. Carl Masek is the Antichrist. Uh, and so people have no idea who we're talking about. Uh, he was uh, the executive. Was he an executive? He was the guy at Harmony Gold who had the idea of Robotech. Mm -hmm. uh, By he, combining different series together. Yeah. So they took um, Super Dimension Battle Fortress Macross was the first one, and I can't... I'm trying to think of the other two. Um, Super Dimension Battle Fortress Macross, that was uh, where you had, like, Rick Hunter and his robot plane, and... Yep. You get, they, Super they, Dimension Cavalry Gold, Southern Cross. Okay. And Genesis Climb Moss Peta. So I've never seen the Those original the versions of the second ones. I've seen Robotech, and I've also seen the more... There was an allegedly more faithful version, or a, an uncut version of uh, of um, the first part of Robotech, which was just Super Dimension Battle Fortress Macross, where they have... Uh, I don't know what they edited. They cut out, like, Min-Mei's ass in one episode or something. It was a... <laughs> There's a scene where she takes a shower, and they cut it for the te for the kids' version, but... I think that was it. Yeah, that was he more a, or less just took. He more or less just took existing shows and completely made something new out of them. Yeah. Which it, which I think is a lot better than where you're taking something and you're just twisting it and cutting bits out and stuff. And rather than making something new out of it, you're just censoring what you don't like and making changes that don't improve anything but like the localization hmm. bullshit of of funimation crunchy roll at all though then again if they if they didn't do any of that at all i mean some of these shows would have never made it to the air for i really liked robotech when i was a kid and that was on tv that was some crap i'd never seen before it was that and uh Probably one or two other shows, but that one always stuck out in my head as, as uh, in my mind, as something that, uh, because it was uh, serial, kind of like the way Pokemon was, and uh, I guess Gundam Wing was, and, and Dragon Ball, you know, all these anime shows, what they had over the other cartoons uh, that were on TV, and they were all cartoons, you didn't know, that, I had no idea this stuff was from Japan, it was just, you know, uh, a different style of animation as far as you knew uh, yeah. when you're a kid watching it that every episode mattered. So if you watch an episode and then you came back the next week, whatever happened in the last episode mattered. So they, they built off each other in a serial way and it didn't reset to baseline at the end of every uh, 
at the end of every show the way the uh, most of the other kids shows out there were and so you had yeah do, do you thing think that i like oh go ahead that's the thing that i enjoy about anime over most uh, western television not just the animated stuff but the live action stuff it's like the episode ends and next episode is as if nothing has changed at all there's like limited continuity one of the reasons why i enjoyed uh, babylon 5 so much ah. is because there was overarching story there were story arcs within that and what happened in the past actually continued on into what happens in the future in the series yeah that was most anime shows are like that as well although limited number of episodes like 12 24 26 versus five years yeah it's something i i i did like even though if you dig into the plot i mean some of it gets kind of whack like the the actual plot of robotech was uh do you remember any of that by the way no i don't got so here's here's what i remember about it is they had uh in the future they have uh some expedition to find this spaceship from uh buried uh i think it was they dug it out of the sea or something I, and they they said oh i don't know what this is we might as well just turn it on and so they turn on the ship and it teleports them out to pluto but it doesn't just teleport the ship it teleports the city around it and it teleports like this big chunk of water from the ocean and so they're out in the orbit of pluto like surrounded by frozen fish so there's like they look out the window and there's like a tuna fish frozen tuna fish floating by and uh <laughs> They, uh, there's a line of this, whoa, that's a big tuna. That's a stupid Rick Hunter line. And so they, uh, they, they get all the, the buildings from the, the city. They bring it inside the spaceship and they set up a city in, or they move into the city that's in the ship. And, uh, they're trying to make their way back to Earth just from Pluto. So it's not that far in the, in the grand scheme of things in, in the place that this show goes. And, uh, meanwhile, Earth is being invaded by aliens, and so they have to get back to to help them. And uh, the main character is a you know space plane pilot, Rick Hunter, and he's he's uh, his older brother is an ace pilot actually, and and Rick Hunter is the the young uh, he's a newbie or he just qualified or something about it. He's he's like the new guy, and and he doesn't get to fly. Um, then they would have episodes where they're out just fighting aliens, and then they'd also have episodes where it was like they get trapped underneath uh, uh, the superstructure of, uh, of, you know, underneath the city, like the old city beneath it, and they're just trying to get out. So they had, like, complete changes of pace, which was fun, too. But anyway, they uh, they had the most ridiculous aliens, uh, even as a kid I'm watching this thing, I think, oh, this is stupid, where they had aliens that just kind of hopped around. So they... Uh, they looked like pods with two legs, and they, they moved by jumping from place to place. And uh, as far as I could tell, the only thing they really did was explode when they got shot. I don't think they ever... I can't think of any time they actually did anything else. But they... Uh, I think the main villain turned out to be... Uh, they were just really tall aliens. And so they were like the size of giants. And it turns out that through some strange string of fate that the uh the aliens are exactly the same height as these uh these giant robots that the uh the human force has been putting together so they can go and fist fight in space and you know 
they could disguise i think one episode they disguised they like they got their giant robot they like put clothes on it <laughs> and they snuck it into the alien ship and so there's like people hiding in it's you know the the uh the breast pocket of the of the robot and they're sneaking around trying to infiltrate the uh the uh, alien ship so it's it just had bonkers stuff and it was fun and then of course the she here's the the last thing I'll, that i remember it was they had the uh you know the point defense shields so they couldn't make a, a shield that was big enough to encapsulate their entire vessel and so they had like just a little mini shield that you had to move around to catch the laser beams flying at it and uh they were all controlled by a team of of girls who had trackball mice and so they're literally uh in the control room of the ship with just trackball mouse moving it around trying to deflect missiles and lasers it was a good good show Fun sci-fi, classic stuff. It up, watch it again sometime. Yeah, it's. But I think I'm more. I'd be more partial to actually watching uh, Cross proper. Yeah, they had. Um, there's a chance that that gets released. So Harmony Gold infamously held the license for it, and they they wouldn't give it up. So they they wouldn't let anyone make a remake of it. And there was some other licensing deal where it couldn't get re-released or they couldn't release the original or something like that. There's there's some... Uh, you know how sometimes properties get stuck in a licensing hell where they just... You can't do anything with them? And Robotech, uh, which includes the license for Super Dimension Battle Fortress Macross, is, was supposed to be stuck in one of those. And I think it either expired a couple of years ago or it's about to expire soon. So there's a chance it can get a faithful release if there's any interest in it now. I mean, I guess I'm interested in it, but I don't know how many other people out there would would uh, jump on it. Yeah. Be nice, though. I'd be interested, too. Of course, it's going to be a DVD set that costs like $150, the way they do these things. Yeah. Well, that's how it is for even for Robotech. I've seen box sets of it, and... Each season is like ridiculously expensive. Oh yeah, was it? Um, I think it was Blue Submarine Six. Was an OVA series they did. It, it was like uh, forty dollars a disc or something like that, and you got one episode a disc. <laughs> for the English version of it. Yeah, if, if somebody tried selling me anything episodic at one episode a disc, I would probably rip out their throat and shove it up their own ass. <laughs> that is just not allowed. Yeah, I get I, I get annoyed when they try and give you half a season. So they give you a box set and it's, you know, uh, I I, listen, I watched uh, My Hero Academia uh, season one and I'm, I was going to pick up season two and season three and I was finding, oh, it's season two, part one. And it's like, fuck, I don't want to buy Just give me the whole set. How much does it cost to just get a whole set of, of season two? I mean, season one came in one box, and it wasn't particularly expensive. But now season two has to be split into uh, into two individual purchase orders. That grades on me, too. I mean, it's, can't you just sell it by the season? I mean, that's what we want to buy, right? But No. They got to milk us for all it's worth. Yeah. Well... I did get a. I did get my uh, soundboard queued up with some stuff. Is he a homosexual? Just fill the whole, whole filler. 
I think I've heard some of that before. Oh, uh, yeah. Some of those are new. Some of them might, might be a little different. Oh, dear God. All right, who's first? <laughs> oh, that hole filler one. I, I hear the sound of a woman screaming. Oh, the Just hole filler? Just fill a hole, hole filler. Just fill a hole, hole filler. Yeah, I've yeah. definitely heard that from Hog Story. Jacket. They played that one on Hog Story? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I don't know if they've played it during the show, but Fletcher's definitely played it uh, pre-show. Oh, I, I, I have to ask him if he uh, ever caught Ghost Story. That's what it's from, is from... Uh, Ghost Story had the uh, this bit part where they had the two construction guys, and they're always doing something like... Just fill the hole, hole filler. Yeah, whatever, jackass. It, they had a... You know, he's moving boards or something. He walks up and goes, Just move the boards, board mover. Yeah, jackass. So what you're saying is there's a whole bunch more like that. Oh, yeah, there's a whole series of... Hey, man, if you squint, it kind of looks like a clown. There's <laughs> so many fucking good lines of that. Oh, Just wow. fill the hole, hole filler. All right, who's first? Okay, that's kind of... I got that one. Well, you have to have that one. Yeah, I gotta have my penguin rope. There was a fucked up show. Woo! Indeed. And considering who it's from. <laughs> who is, so who is it from? Enlighten me. I already know, but you have to tell the audience, because I, I listened to some of our episodes, and I realized that it's completely incomprehensible. Sometimes we're just talking about stuff that I know you know, and you know I know, so we're... We uh, we jump over how it. Many, we never how explain many people, it. How many people really know about Atena? Um, on our our audience, I have no idea. It's like of the audience, it's like one person I know who who said they listened to some episodes might have heard of it. That's about it. Yeah, I've I know that Revolutionary Girl is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, indeed. That was a good one. That was uh '80s '80s anime. Hand-drawn animation. 70s. Er, Seven. No, sorry, 90s. 97. 90s. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was 97? That 97. Seems, that seems like it was too late. I thought it was earlier than that. No, but the, it's still all, it's still all bizarre. Like, uh, the guy, the guy behind both those series, both, uh, Revolutionary Girl, Atena, and Maru Penguin Drum. Yeah. He really likes surreal shit. <laughs> you think? Now let's uh, let's not leave our audience uh, uh, hanging here. So what's when we talk about Revolutionary Girl Utna? What are we're talking about? Um, maybe we we need some format on the show where we we discuss at least the the highlights. What's the the plot? What's generally what's it about? Um, I wouldn't even be able to explain that. <laughs> it's. It's about basketball and sword fighting on an upside-down castle that's in a forest that's invisible on horses. Does that does that cover it? <laughs> it's completely bonkers. It's a. Uh, it is the the plot has to do with this. Uh, it's a school, a Western-styled school with uh, some arcane magics hidden uh, in, imbued in it, so that. Um, there's parts of like there's a there's a whole forest with an upside down spinning castle that somehow no one manages to to see except for there's one club in the school. I might be butchering the plot. It's been a while since I since I really watched this. Um, that they're the uh, what are they like the fencing group or something? 
There's a uh, there's a group of sword fighters and they're always dueling each other. Yeah, they're organized to fight each other. To to there's some there's some sort of there's some sort of force that's that's requiring these duels to happen. And and so I think that, that if I'm recalling correctly, they had the Rose Bride is this one girl at the school and the only black girl in the show, if I recall, uh, is yeah becomes the girlfriend of the winner or becomes the maid of the winner or something. And uh, the protagonist, like the protagonist sees this and, and she basically sees um, all the boys who are fighting in school uh, or they're fight doing these sword duels with each other um, are basically ab abusing her. And she's like looks out the window and she sees her getting literally smacked around and she doesn't like it. So she says she's going to go fight. And uh, this real athletic, um, kind of a tomboy kind of character, um, Utna, the main heroine, uh, goes up and she starts fighting these duels to uh, to uh, protect their friend. And then, and that, I think that's the the just the very basic beginning of it. It just exp a lot of things happen. <sighs> I think by the end of it, she it's turns into a car. Is that true? I don't remember. Yeah, I think she she turns into a car and becomes the literal and figurative vehicle of her friend's escape. It's it just becomes a wild show. It's worth watching. Um, it's what fifty episodes yeah. or something like that. It's a good good uh, theme song. Forty. Yeah, I think. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not too many. The dual music. When it, when it comes to yeah, when it comes to nineties show Jojo, I was. Is more a fan of uh, Ray Earth. No, I never never watched that. Actually, I don't think I've heard of it. No? No? It was uh, it was created by Clamp, actually. Oh, I know Clamp. Yeah. Uh, you know, they did... Uh, was it? They did... Uh, was it Designs for Cardcaptor Sakura? They did... I think they did more than just the designs. They did... Um, oh, they did Designs for Code Geass. That's why everyone's a noodly person. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chobits. Chobits. Yeah, that was They're that's uh, Chobits. That was a show by uh, R.G. Veda. No, no, never heard of that one. No, I've seen a couple of Clamp shows, but I I didn't uh, I don't recognize them all. Tokyo Babylon. No, no, no. You're hitting all my blind spots. There's a couple of them X I recognize. Nineteen ninety nine. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah, shoujo Magic Knight Rare was a pretty good uh, was a pretty good shoujo isekai from the nineties with Mecca. What was it called again? Magic Knight Rare. Was that Vision of Escaflone? No, no, no. It's it's Vision another Escaflone is something. It's another yeah, Magic Knight Rare Mecca isekai shoujo show from the nineties. It's just, it's completely unrelated, yeah. but. Okay, I got it. Completely unrelated, yeah. Because I watched Escaflone. But, uh, no, go on. Yeah, this was, uh, this is, uh, Magical Girl Isekai with Mecha. Hmm. Jojo style. Shoujo style. And so, um, I, um, I feel, I still feel bad when we just, uh, utter, uh, like, jargon. And not tell our viewers what's going on. So can we break down the the description a little bit? So we've we've got Isekai, 
Yep. Which is a prompt. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm trying to get you to explain it. Yeah. I know what it is. Like other world. We know what it. Yeah. Other world. So like where the characters are trans, not translated, but transported from our world to another world where there's all sorts of weird shit going on. Usually fantasy. I've seen a few things where it's a sci-fi world instead. Mm-hmm. Often, the, often these other worlds are in the original world as in some form of fiction. So, like, it could be transported into the world of the video game or a novel. Sometimes it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, has no has no relation. So it's kind of like um, Bruce Campbell movie, a little bit. Only, only the one. Yeah. Only the Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Yeah, I was trying to think of the name. Or um, no, not the Evil Dead. The Evil Dead was uh, was the first of the three. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Is the one I'm thinking of. Indeed. The this is my boomstick. That was the right movie, right? Yeah. That's movie. Yes. And then the other terms were shoujo was a. Uh, it's just a genre. Uh, it's a genre that's... Uh, it's more demographic. I'd say demographic instead of a genre. But stuff that's like targeted towards young and teenage girls. It, it, it has a... Especially in the 90s, it, it always had a look to it. Um, and so when you... Like Clamp always had designs that looked like shoujo designs. So if you look at how the the characters are drawn and the the shapes of their face and the proportion of their arms and legs to to other parts of their bodies uh you know there's a certain style to it um don't forget the sparkles and the sparkles you need sparkles you need a bunch of pretty boys yeah it's i don't think it's so much that there is a shojo style and but more that all these different groups that were targeting that audience had a certain style that we, that had a few factors in common. Oh yeah. Well, it's definitely still, a trope. Yeah. It's it's definitely yeah, like the noodle uh, limb characters is definitely uh, a shojo trope. Yeah. What's the next term? I'm trying to remember uh, what you said. So we had shojo, we had isekai, uh, or mecha. Oh, mecha. Yeah, I I think that one's pretty straightforward. Yeah. That's a uh, anime that involves robots. In general. Not necessarily robots, but pilotable, humaniform uh, combat de- yeah. uh, devices. Doesn't so, ne- don't have to be mechanical uh, completely. Yeah. I mean, some people might consider, like, you remember the original Metroid games, the suit that uh, Samus wore? Mm-hmm. Some people might consider that mecha. Uh, the uh, the loaders in Aliens. Oh, that was mecha. That was definitely Mecca. Oh, yeah. Even though it was, like, a little bigger than human size. In that term, you could think of the powered armor in the novel version of Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers yeah. to be Mecca as well. It's not necessarily the giant robots. Uh, there is a really good, kind of bizarre Mecha series that I remember... I'm trying to I'm trying to remember its name, but it was very political as well. I had to deal with uh, 
had to deal with both science fiction and fantasy aspects, uh, tying back to like uh, medieval Japan and like summonable, rideable demons to, to like mobile armor suits that are used in modern warfare. Gasaraki, that's the name. Gasaraki, of it. okay. I never heard of it. Oh, that's a great show. Uh, was that a what, what kind of era? So it was Sunrise. So then it was. Uh, did Sunrise break up? I'm not sure. It was late '90s. Yeah, that's when Sunrise. So Sunrise, I remember. Yeah, they were doing everything. Then they all their um, their talent kept leaving to start new studios. So you had Sunrise, and they had, they had a couple of great shows. And then they the the stuff that broke off. I remember they had Man Globe. Man Globe was a studio where it was like one team from it was like one Sunrise studio said, "Hey, we're gonna do our own shit." So they all left and started their own company, and uh, there's like two other ones at the same time. Um, there was Manglobe. There was ah, I can't remember the names now, but they kept doing that. Uh, people would spin off, and then suddenly all their talent was saw. Hey, someone got some moderate success on their own, and they'd uh, it seemed like they all would break uh, off and started Dean. their own company. Dean, Dean Bones, Bones, A1. yeah, yep. These are all Sunrise alums. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they themselves are part of Bandai Namco these days. Yeah. It's not a ton of interesting... I don't... At least I don't see Sunrise plastered all over the the credits of stuff. Uh, no, the but they did to. have a lot of great stuff. Oh, they had a great run. Uh, like Gundam, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. They had... Um, the two, the two those, like... Even people who don't know anything about anime tend to know something about. Mm. Uh, Dirty Pair, the adaptation <laughs> to Dirty Pair. Let's talk about Dirty and, Pair for a second, because... Oh, uh, hold on. No, before we get to that, <laughs> before we get to that, you have to hear these productions that they were part of. Okay. Inspector Gadget. do 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 Yep. da 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 the 90s Batman the Animated Series. Warner Brothers. Oh, jeez. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Touch the button. Touch the button, Gadget. Wowzers. I guess they don't like video games. I guess not. They did like making animation, though. Oh, yeah. They did do some video game work, too. Uh oh. Was it anything uh, notable, or was it like Uh, cutscenes for a visual novel? They did. Uh, Blazing Lasers Blazing on the lasers. Turbo Graphic. That sounds like a that's a title for you, Blazing Lasers. Yeah. Never never uh, played any uh, of these. In 2019 Love Live School Idol Festival All-Stars. Huh. Yeah. Oh uh, well. That's one for, uh, if we ever have guests, I'm sure we could find someone who wants to talk about all these idol games. It's not my bag. Yeah, it's not mine either. Yeah. So I know some people who can talk at length about uh, all the different ones. Mobile games. Let them have their own idol show. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about... uh, I want to talk about... I don't know. Ebop? Well, let's go back to uh, Dirty Pair, actually. I was going to go there. Dirty Pair, that's right. 
one to mention. I, I was going to bring up something else. And it doesn't matter. Just stay on topic because Dirty Pair is something that's that's a little special too. That was uh, so. This is eighties, right? Straight out of the eighties. Oh, yeah. looks like eighties uh, anime. And do you want to give a shot at the description? It's a uh, in the future. So, I- <laughs> Detectives from the World, uh, what's it called? The World West, uh, World Welfare Works Association. Now that's a tongue twister. Yeah, which is, I guess they're wrestlers. No, they're trouble consultants. Yeah, it seemed like and they were like literally uh, professional wrestlers, is what they look like. Yeah, they're dressed. They're dressed like female professional wrestlers. Uh, their job is to solve problems and their way of solving problems tends to be very destructive <laughs> and the cause of even more problems yeah is this a this is one that came up uh it got remade a couple times didn't it i i think it started I'm as a not, manga it started a light novel series that's been running for that ran for 38 years hell <laughs> The last Jeez volume Louise. was published. Uh, was published December twenty eighteen. Wow! So between yeah. uh, the the Dune novel continuations and the Dirty Pair uh, novels, which one do you think has the more convoluted plot? I'm not sure. I haven't read those particular <laughs> light novels. Uh, I've seen I've seen some of the anime. I've seen. One of the OVAs. I mean, we know what 30 years does to, uh, if you try and keep the same story going for too long. We see, you know, 10 seasons of a TV show, people start running out of ideas. So 30 years, 38 years, it's a long time well, to keep the same the story gap, going. Like, between the... You're like Garfield territory now. This is like, uh, what else is running that long? The Simpsons okay, so isn't that long. so there's a year gap between... The penultimate and the last novel. Eleven years. Okay, so George R. R. Martin consulted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Patrick Rothfuss, but we won't go there. I'm still waiting for the third book. God damn it. Yeah! Jeez. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, and there's no... This is, We're never going get, to get on topic, but that's okay. The, uh... So we're talking about the name of the wind and the wise man's fear was uh, a fantasy book series by uh, Ruthvis, and it came out. The first one came out um, two thousand seven, and then there was one yeah. in fifteen or sixteen. Uh, no, wise man fear was twenty eleven. Twenty eleven, and the doors of stone will come out when it's done. Yeah, so they've they've. It's they call it the King Killer Chronicles, and the the idea is it's going to be done in three books. So it's only three books, and through the whole breadth of these two, uh, I think they're both over a thousand pages. You're very near the definite second one's definitely well over a thousand pages. Name of the Wind is about the same size as the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Okay. He's never been near a king. I don't think he's even seen a king, let alone been close enough to kill one. So how is he... There's no way that this series is going to wrap up in a satisfying way. Uh, it Most of the book, though, if you if you actually read it, it's like most of the time it's... He's this... 
pattern where he goes down. It's like he's walking down a hallway and peeking in doors. It's like he opens up a door and says, oh, here's a cool little story. Oh, dragons and uh, uh, people uh, growing, I don't know, some kind of drug tree. Okay, there's, there's a subplot there. And he kind of leaves it open. He walks around. He opens another door the other side of the hallway. And he's, oh, there's a little subplot there for something about... Uh, you know, pottery shards that we found somewhere. Okay, this, it, that might be uh, enchanted in some way. And he goes over, and he, and all of these plot lines get opened up as he goes down the hallway, and he opens up like a hundred doors. <laughs> None of them have uh, have satisfying conclusions. And the promise of this third novel is that he's going to go wrap everything up. I just don't see it happening. Which is probably why the book isn't out yet. It's my uh, my impression. From what I, from what's been written like he actually had the whole trilogy all written out and brought it to uh the publisher that actually originally published the books but uh so that's what uh uh penguin or daw daw books daw sounds right i don't I don't think it was penguin it's the same same company these days i mean one's just uh imprinted the other i actually was that, was gonna guess tor for a second but i wasn't sure i got my Paper version is in the next room, but I don't want to go up and get it. Yeah. Jeez. That's a series that I love. I loved when I was reading it, and then I, I hated it as I was reading it, and now I'm just... I'm waiting for that last book to come out, man. It's because he's been sidetracked with writing other things instead. Ah, uh, yeah. Like Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Important stuff, you know? I guess it's important <laughs> if you're talking important. about his... It's important to his checking account, I suppose. Yeah. Well. All right, who's first? Just fill the whole whole filler. A book of knowledge. Oh, I don't have a book of knowledge. In July of 2020, Rothfuss's editor and publisher, Betsy Wolheim, said, I've never seen a word of book three, and that she doesn't think Rothfuss has written anything since 2014. <laughs> what? Uh, oh dear god that is not a good sign that is not a good sign at all she's never seen a word of book three well seen just, not a word just as much of it as uh as i've seen so he gets to join the league of fantasy authors who just, can't finish the thing yeah they they did a couple books and they can't they, they have no idea how to write an ending Yep. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. I know it got option for a TV series that seemed like it fell through. It seemed like it was one of those. Uh, hey, Game of Thrones was popular. Fantasy setting. Yeah. Okay. We don't. It's it's thematically completely different, uh, and the material is very little to do with Game of Thrones, uh, in, in the fan base, other than being in a, a sort of fantasy setting. But sure, okay, it's popular. It's uh, let's get the. It, it seemed like it was just in that wave of TV execs, like, hey, we got to get the options for stuff just in case. So it seems like it's mm -hmm. gonna. Uh, I doubt that'll ever come out. I'm still holding out for the book. I'd like to see the like to read the last book, even though I, I can almost guarantee I'm gonna uh, not like it. It's it's sort of set up to be a failure in my mind. So if he, maybe you'll surprise me. We'll find out. At this, at this must wait. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably gonna hurt. Yeah. Well, you want to wrap things up for for uh, today. I was the only other thing I was gonna bring up was uh, I did get a copy of Battle Athletes, uh, the TV series. I got the first couple episodes of that down. 
And speaking of Cowboy Bebop, it had a... Uh, Wendy Lee was one of the voices. She does uh, the... It, I, so, of course, I watched it in English, because I used to be a real uh, diehard, subtitles-only kind of guy. Now I'm... I'm even, I like, the hokey, the hokey English dubs in the 90s, I, I get into them. So... It had the English voice of Faye Valentine. There's only a few things I've actually watched to dub first. And what what would those be? Inuyasha. (laughs) I was going to guess it's on Cartoon Network, isn't it? Inuyasha. Hey, that one's due for... We don't have Network in Canada. We had Teletoon. Teletoon. Uh, What was Teletoon like? Uh... Pretty much the same as Cartoon Network, but Canadian. Aha. Uh-huh. Was it uh, owned by Turner, or was it a different different parent? It is owned by, now nowadays, what's called Chorus Entertainment. Originally, it was, I believe, owned by uh, Chum City. There's, I presume, where Canadian companies have never heard of? Yeah. Chum City sounds like a theme park based around that guy from Pawn Stars. Actually, it was uh, it was a company of radio and TV stations and the name the name of it is from the is from the call signs. So originally there was Chum, which was a AM station and later had an FM repeater that became its own station, so Chum AM Chum FM. And City was a TV station uh, that was started in Toronto. So the owner, the owners of Chum, uh, purchased purchased City TV from uh, its original founder, which I believe was Moses Samer, hmm. and eventually it got bought up and split between. Uh, Bell CTV, Bell CTV unit, and Rogers, with some parts going to other companies like Chorus Entertainment. We had uh, when I when I I would see anime uh, over the year before Cartoon Network. We didn't always have cable. We had it for some periods, and then not for others. When I was growing up, um, we had a uh, antenna, log periodic antenna on the roof with a. Uh, kind of an azimuth control on it. And so what we could do is point it at the TV station to get the reception for it. And so if you wanted, we could get a, uh, let's see, we had a UPN channel we could get to. And so you had to point it towards, you know, the you, I was in New Hampshire, so you either point it north towards Concord. Uh, and there were some stations, there's an NBC station that was up there and some other stuff. Um, but then you, or you could point it south towards Boston and uh, or Massachusetts and try and pick up stuff from down there. And so you'd watch, uh, you'd be watching a show on one channel. And if you wanted to change the channel, you couldn't receive it unless you turn the antenna. And but to turn the antenna, you had literally, we had a control in the living room, just a, a dial. And you, uh, you'd turn it to point south. And then the ter- table would start to spin and uh, as the antenna rotated. But it took some time for it to reposition. And so at the end of uh, an episode, if you watched. Oh, there was some something on one channel, UPN or something like that, um, which is UHF channel. And then you'd, you'd say, "Oh, the next show I'm I'm gonna watch." Uh, there's 
you know, cartoon or something's coming on on a different channel. I want to watch Kids WB because uh, they would do cartoons on there. You'd have to turn the dial right when the credits started. Um, so you had a couple minutes so that the antenna could pan all the way 180 degrees around so you could pick it up in time for the uh, for the beginning of the next show. So there was always kind of a fun thing you had to deal with. <laughs> uh, and look here where we are now. Get I kind of remember those. Actually. Those uh those uh antennas you mean? Yeah, and having the uh controller to <laughs> the power of the motor to turn it one way or another. Yeah. That's fun. I'll say the TV reception in uh Colorado was so much better than it is in New Hampshire or in now I'm in uh, Maryland and TV sucks out here. I mean the the programming isn't any better. But if you're talking about the quality of signal you can pick up, um, and the number of channels, and, and uh, if you can get a channel and then also get all of the subcarriers, so if you can get, you know, the they'll do like PBS is on a channel, or, or and then they'll have a subcarrier where they'll, they'll have a bunch of other uh, things like uh, NHK World and some other kind of low rent programming on there. The, you could usually pick everything up in Denver, and I picked. I got so much. If I wanted to watch uh, sports or anything, you could usually pick up the games on over the air, uh, except under certain conditions, which, like if it's blacked out or if it was on the wrong, like you could get hockey because of, I don't know, it's complicated. But um, they they just weren't broadcasting it. Is the bottom line. But uh. Out here, it's you can pick up like one or two stations, and it changes depending on the time of day, and it's really sensitive. And it, I think it's all the trees, you know, in the uh, in the west. Everything's flat. You pick up everything from uh, from all the stations nearby. Even the even radio. Okay, just so long as it's like just one bounce off the atmosphere, right? Um, I'm not sure if it goes up to the atmosphere with these. Uh, I think a lot of them are more or less line of sight because they're. Well, I have to look into that. I don't think these bands are, are uh, being reflected off the atmosphere, like you know the way shortwave radio is. I think they're. Okay. Uh, I think they are just line of sight transmissions. And so out here, there's too many trees. I think is it. It's too many trees, and it's it's kind of humid too. I don't know if that matters much. I think it might a little. Yeah, I've got a handbook somewhere because I've. I've got the uh, radio stuff. So somewhere I know I have a handbook that says, here's the attenuation factor for this much rain or this much humidity, or if you're trying to put radio waves through uh, uh, this much, this volume of snow, okay, here's how much attenuation per foot or whatever. Uh, yeah, some, all that radio stuff is generally beyond, beyond me. Yeah. Uh, I get some, I get some, I got my, uh, my dad's old handbooks. I don't know if he knows that I have. <laughs> I have a whole stack of his textbooks I just took with me. Oh, geez. Like, uh, stuff from the 80s, telecommunications books from, uh, like, how to design, you know, microwave backhaul systems in 1980. Math textbooks, all that stuff. That's fun. I still reference some of them. Actually, I need to go in and, and uh, was researching a problem at work today, and I was kicking myself. I think I had it in a... There's stuff in those textbooks you can't Google. Uh, even though it's old... And, and some of it's uh, information that, you know, a lot of people know. It's well propagated through the industry. But it's still niche enough that you can't, like, ask uh, Google these, what's this equation? What's this, uh, how's this system work? And get an answer because it's, uh, 
it's obscure enough that no one's putting it on the website. You know, people who know aren't making web pages about it. And it's not because it's hidden information or anything. It's just that it's a, not part of the discipline, I suppose, to upload your textbooks to websites. I did find a cool website, though. Uh, maybe this will be my last story for the day. I had a... I was looking around... I was doing a 3D uh, mesh. I had, I had some data that was three-dimensional points, and I wanted to say, I want to make a surface out of these um, in in the correct way. And so I was picking around, and I said, well, I, I guess I want to make a hull from point clouds. And so I typed that in, and I ended up on this website where they're actually making boat hulls using... Uh, 3d software uh and they actually it was a it was like an amateur and professional boat design form <laughs> like people designing you know speedboats and rowboats and funky looking boats and crazy looking boats and it was uh like boat design enthusiasts so i was clicking through uh some of the pictures of people where they had uh their models of their boats they had the boats they actually made they're like these wild looking uh, custom boats i never even knew this subculture existed but yeah you think about it, of course it does, but these are people, enthusiasts who just design their own boats and then they build them. Look pretty wild. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people up here who design and build their own canoes. Hmm. These are like full-on like speedboat looking things and uh, Yeah, a little, a little different. Not something that you could build out of uh, some strips of wood in Birch Park. <laughs> and they had... Uh, the, whatever software they were using, you know how they have the, uh, like, the man for scale? So you can have a yeah. design, you can drop the man for scale. Okay, the man for scale everyone's using in, in their designs is a uh, is a girl in a bikini. It's It still looks like a crash test dummy, but you can tell it's a girl in a bikini. So, okay, this is the boat design form, I guess. <laughs> ah, well. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, before we do that, I just want to read out a couple of names of uh, some characters from Ray Earth. Okay. Just just want to see your reaction to them. Okay. So, Eagle Vision and right. Geo Metro. It sounds like he's got a sharp eye. Geo Metro? Yes. And Eagle Vision. Eagle Vision. Uh. And, and they have Mecha... Which are for Eagle Vision FTO and for Geo GTO. <laughs> is this um, a, what? What do they stand for? Is it just an abbreviation? They're all that vehicles. Like, what was it? They're all vehicles. Okay, that's what I was getting at. Was uh, I know some yeah. of those sound like cars or. Yeah. So Eagle Vision is named after the uh, named after the Eagle Vision. Okay, I, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Does it look like a Dodge Dart? <laughs> That's about as it's far as a, the cars as I can go. There's a four-wheel sports fan that was produced in the 90s. Then uh, the FTO and GTO are both okay. uh, Mitsubishi vehicles, both yeah. of them cars. And you remember Geo, right? Just Geo? That Geo, like that venture that between general motors and suzuki back in the 90s no i don't remember that at all no? i was probably too young if it was in the 90s i was at home watching anime hold on let's hope that this plays Daddy? Daddy! 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 
<laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's a Geo. Uh, yeah, so that's... So Geo Metro was like the primary Geo car that was that was being uh, sold. Is a variation on the Suzuki Cultus, which was never released in North America. The Metro was, but not the Cultus. Yeah, I've never driven. I've never. I'm. I'm trying to think if I've ever even seen any of these in real life. I think at a car show I might have seen a GTO, but that's probably. I've the never most been a. One. I got as. I got as uh, far as there was always a car show. Uh, at the local, uh, you know, local holiday in uh, Colorado, the town I lived in, and they always had a car show there. And and you'd basically, I'd wander down the aisles and kind of look at everything. But it was about as deep into cars as I got, just looking, and mostly because it was on its way uh, back from the beer tent. Yeah, for me, pretty much, for me, car shows are either when a bunch of people with their classics would park out in a plaza somewhere, or those uh, really embarrassing-looking cars at anime conventions—they're <laughs> all plastered with uh, with cute girls on them. Yeah, I've seen some of those in real life. They're kind of—I saw a Miku one, Hatsune Miku one. Yeah, I saw the Miku one at uh, at AX. Yeah, yeah, probably this is probably the same one. Was it the year? Probably the year we were both there. Yeah, I think it was. All right, that might be enough for this encounter. Yeah. You want to call it? Loaded dice. Yeah. Well, uh, until next time, I'm Abel Kirby. I'm Cold Acid. Adios.